Hello there, Josh Liston here from PunchingSideways.com. What you're about to hear is part two of our conversation with CFL, that's Canadian Football League, punter, and all-around pretty much champion dude, Josh Bartell. So we just finished up talking about Josh's time in Canada, in the league, and we're about to jump into talking about his life that he spends back here in the local area. So half the year he's in Canada, half the year he's in the Albury-Wodonga area. Okay, I won't hold you up anymore. Punchingsideways.com to share and support the show. We appreciate all that goodness. And yeah, we'll jump in now. Beanbag toss, I think might have been one they of the games. They play beanbag toss at the footy. Yeah, like just in the car park before the game starts. Oh, really? Like this is a, so we probably play like 7 or 8 o'clock at night and they're there before lunch playing, drinking, <laughs> shots of fireball. The, no, I mean, my wife Ellie's done a few of those once as well. She's she's a fan of tailgating. Well, nice. spe- speaking of that, how do you manage to get such a, a lovely and supportive wife in this journey that you've been. Well, firstly, firstly, I want to know what it was like to get that call that you're in, mm. and and then and then how did you manage to keep and get Ellie in amongst all that? <laughs> Keeper, Keeper. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was. We actually just sort of started dating as well when all this stuff happened in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I want to say we've probably been dating for three or four months. Oh, it's very fresh. Yeah, very fresh. Hey, if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's say. Then um, flew to Canada for a couple of weeks for these workouts. Um, worked out pretty well, kick well. Offered me a contract and come back home. And then we're like, oh, so you know, we'll have a chat and then see what what's going to happen. Then we sort of decide. Like, I'll go for training camp. You know, three weeks later, it's a three week training camp to try and make the team. And then. She's like, I'll I'll come over after those three weeks. If you don't make the team, then we'll just go travelling around Canada. And if you do make the team, then that's you know even better. So made the team. Like they, this was the Tiger Cats. Yeah, the Tiger Cats. So we're all in dorm room, dorm rooms actually. So we're staying at a university for training camp. If you didn't get a knock on your door, they call him the Grim Reaper, the guy that comes around <laughs> and knocks on your door, and he goes, say say if I was getting cut. And he answered the door and they goes, Josh there. And he's like, and I'll be like, yep. He's like, oh, I'll just grab your playbook, mate. And then that's it. You cut. Oh. Sort of, you go to your locker room, you clean it. Your locker room's already cleaned out by the equipment guys. Is a And sorry, Josh, you knew that that was going to be the process or were these just kind of urban myths around well, I the group? it was urban myths. Like, oh, you know. Surely it can't be that harsh. Or- <laughs> if you hear a couple of knocks on your door, don't answer at the Grim Reaper. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, good one. And then, like a yeah. drop bear, yeah, like no. a drop bear, <laughs> Canadian drop bear. Yeah, but um, yep, no, nah, it's he's a, he's very much he's not a myth. He's he's alive and well, and thankfully I never got that that knock. And yeah, he just keeps showing up to train, and and then yeah, those was the day the way they made the final team, and I said I was in. I was a starting punter, and I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yep. So then, yep, Elsie come over and. That's that's when we started the journey. She's been she's been amazing because I was I was down in Melbourne doing the kicking thing and nothing because I was trying to do the NFL originally and went over to the states there for a couple of months. But it was when they had the NFL lockout, so didn't really get any workouts and all that. And then come back home was a little bit flat. Didn't really know what to do. And then started dating Elle and 
she sort of said, like, you might as well give it another crack. Like, you got nothing else to lose. Like, you'll regret it for the rest of your life if you don't have another go at it. And she sort of got me motivated again. And, and then that's when we ended up in Canada. Yeah, wow. Because, so, sorry, I was just going to say, you don't really even talk about that moment of getting, like, of making the team in a, you know, it, it seems like you've been working so hard for so long and you're just like, yeah, and then I made the team. And then, like, was that came the Australian? Over, like, is it? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you sure? Like, yeah, it is. It, it Did seemed- you do the Aussie thing? Did you try and talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh yeah, look, mate, there's, there's plenty of other good punters here. You sure you want me? Yeah, remember that like, one I jagged on day two? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're a rookie, you cheat. And I'm like, all right, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So Ellie just seems like she's she's just been like the supporting background mm. to you and maybe this might not have gone so well if she wasn't there sort of yep. in your corner. Yeah, no, nah, she's definitely kept me pretty straight, like, you know, focused-wise with, you know, getting ready to head back to Canada and that. And, yeah, she's sacrificed, I wasn't going to say, seven or eight years of me chasing this dream and doing what I want to do. Just for everyone at home, Josh, just so they know, the sport for you is, I guess, for the lack of a better term, seasonal. Yeah. It's not a year-round thing where, you, you know, you're banking bajillions of dollars like an NFL player and then you just party for a few months and go back to training camp. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty much a portion of each of your year that you dedicate to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much the season six months there, then six six months back home, which is which is pretty good. Like I get to come home for Christmas and New Year's and the summer and everything. But you know, the money's not that great. Like I have to work when I come back home and it's sort of more for the experience and the lifestyle. That's that's sort of why you do it and obviously the love of it too. Yeah, I guess you are playing in front of at times tens of thousands of people Mm. that I know just from being involved with the Bandits. The amount of passion that people have at a game is as much passion as they have for any sport at any time that they go to. When the crowd's really all into it, they care just as much about that as someone does about Collingwood or the Los Angeles Lakers. Like There's no difference. Mm. You're getting, I guess, to feel that energy. Yeah, and and when you're doing well in – I like referring back to Saskatchewan because they're they're easily the best fans that I've played in front of, and you know it's it doesn't matter how bad our team is going. Like I've been there a couple of years when we've absolutely stunk, but we're still selling out the crowd at thirty five thousand. They're still showing up, no matter how bad we're getting whooped. They're still cheering for us. They still supported us, and and then when we actually started doing really well, it's um, the stadium was absolutely Panama. electric. Oh my god! <laughs> Do you have to? I guess you seem like a pretty chill guy just meeting you now, but do you have to come off that high a little bit when, oh, you, yeah. when you get back and just fly, get back into normal? Yeah. I mean, when, when you go down to the shops in Wodonga, you don't have someone there going, <laughs> good stuff, but you're probably not getting sledged either. Go home, mate. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, well, it's it's pretty funny because the father-in-law, Gaz, he's like, yeah, in Canada, you're, you're a professional athlete and people know you and cheer for you. When you come back here, you're an earth mover. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, thanks. That's a way to keep me home. No less thanks. important, though. No. But, but yeah, like, the. But does that go back to Mel's question that your partner has basically been the person that has made those transitions yeah. from living in two parts of the world maybe easier or just more fluid? Or Yeah, probably more fluid. Um, she's she's a pretty laid back kind of girl, too. So, you know, we it helps me to know that she's, you know, she can, she can look after herself, too, which is. You know, she's an independent girl, which helps a lot as well. And she can go with the flow as well and 
the with the job I had over there in Canada, it's yeah, you sort of got to go with the flow. Like you never really know what's going to happen from week to week to season to season. So yeah, like I said, I owe her a lot. Seven seven or eight years of her giving up her life. So and yeah, when I finish, I'll I'll support her and let her chase her dreams. So just before we get off the subject, is she going to be the one who pushes you along to, what did you call your Corona kilos? <laughs> the Rona rig. The rotary. <laughs> the Rona rig. Can you describe to the listener what exactly that is? Oh, well, I suppose it's coronavirus and, you know, when the pandemic, everything shut down, you sort of got a little bit lazy, a little bit unhealthy, a bit of tubby. Yeah. And so is she on you about getting fit again in case the season happens? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's always, yeah, in case the season happens or if you're playing at key or seconds, you've got to get fit. So you have to get rid of A, the dad bod and B, the Rona rig. The so. Rona rig. She's probably more worried about you embarrassing yourself in key or. <laughs> True. <laughs> you've got to see those people at the shops. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, not earth moving air. Yeah. We're key or seconds footy player. So how did you get the – because you've got a nickname, Thumper, now. <laughs> Is that from Elkie? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mel has her idiot. sources. They're always <laughs> unnamed sources. <laughs> yeah, it's – Thumper is just the moving term. Was, oh, yes, the, the, your source you're talking about, his name was Bobby Boucher because we did this job, hey, just working with working with Wiley Jackson, Jackson's Earth Moving, shout out. Um, Jacko. Yeah, Jack. Okay. Not a sponsor. <laughs> we'll be. We'll be. We'll, we'll get be. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, I was I was on the the roller for mm-hmm. a couple of months during this job, and as you know, you you're thumping the ground down, and big Elkie, Bobby Boucher was in the water cart. So <laughs> obviously, pretty mature kind of guys who come out with these two pretty shit nicknames. So, <laughs> and his his one just he's the only one that calls me thumper, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it wrong that? Even though you're a professional football player, I assume that that nickname wasn't sports related. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. It would have been nice. Something yeah, was, kick, not don't yeah. stick. So you would actually go back again. You you've had like a year, a year off, sort of forcibly for for the Rona rig to to to, form, <laughs> to, form, to flourish to, to flourish yeah. and, and um He's a devel- come, come into its own <laughs> come into its own what sort of work goes into not necessarily the Rona rig but <laughs> keeping yourself um, sort of just on the edge of fitness I suppose if you're six months on six months off like it's not not like you've just got like a little short break to keep motivated in the no. off season. What sort of work you have to sort of put in to to keep yourself? Yeah, well, going definitely after the season, you give yourself a couple of months off to to really enjoy your Christmas and New Year and the summer and all that. But I'm generally a pretty active guy anyway. Like play play cricket out at Kiwa there during the summer too. So yeah, that keeps you moving around. And I sort of only really start getting ready sort of February. February, March is when I start getting back in the gym and thankfully my position, like you don't need a hell of a lot of cardio, so mine's just more weights, you know, leg base, core kind of thing, like explosive sort of stuff. So it's sort of, you know, it doesn't take long to, to get all that back and start kicking around April, like a month before I head back over into training camp because it starts May, late May. So, you know, and kicking, it sort of only takes me two or three weeks to get that rhythm back as well. So I sort of... I've the first couple of years I was still sort of trying to work it out like routine and mm-hmm. trying to get ready to go back over the season but the sort of the last four years it sort of 
you know, had a down pad, had a good routine and knew what my body needed to do to get ready for the season. You know, sometimes didn't go over there too well. You know, pre-season wasn't as the best it was going to be, but then, you know, obviously the harder you work, the, the better your season's going to be and that kind of thing. So I've dealt with the wild space, so it's like the the AFL side of things as a trainer with different clubs around here. And I know that I always used to get really annoyed with the seconds players and they're older and doing less work. And You think they should have been doing more work? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was my thought process like at the time before I actually played a, a season of football and realised that when you're older, your body does not recover yeah, it's, it's, in the same does. way. So, <laughs> so hey, I, I remember, have you ever talked about the, the Lavi women's days? Have you run no, around there? Has I, I, that been a, a segment yet? No, it hasn't. No, <laughs> no, I remember seeing Mel running down the wing, two bounces, and then you know hitting back Bartle. Laces out in the forward pocket there. I've seen her play a few games, mate. Yeah, yeah. You told that way better than what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was more best on ground, like knocked on the ground constantly. <laughs> She'd get ragged old fairly, fairly often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that brought a newfound respect to the older players, such as mm. Wiley, your brother-in-law, and he used to just rock up and you know, I still think he could have done a little bit more work, to be honest. But... With the way you get older, when you're older, your body recovers differently, right? So yep. you can't necessarily put those hard yards in. You have to sort of operate a little bit smarter, yeah. I'd say. So has your regime changed slightly? I mean, you're not old by any means, but you you wouldn't bounce back as well, I would imagine, yeah. now that you're a little bit older. Has that sort of changed the way you go about things? Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's, it takes you a little bit longer to recover it at our age and yeah it's sort of the last couple of years I was probably wasn't kicking as much as I was like leading over into training camp mm-hmm. like I remember when I sort of first started I was kicking you know three or four times sometimes five times a week just to get ready to go back in Canada that was a month before I headed back over yeah so whereas the last couple of years I was only sort of you know start off twice a week and then two weeks before I was heading over you know ramp it up to sort of three times a week so sort of just you know not as many kicks through the legs you know, look after the hammies, you know, the, the quads and that kind of thing. So it was more about, I don't know, quality instead of quantity, I suppose. And Yeah. Mm. And so over there, because I'm just blown by the, how the cold, and I get so cold, like you've seen me on the oh, sidelines at, Absolutely at football. Myself. How do you stop yourself from getting injured when it's that cold? Because you can't warm your bo- body no. up. Like everything would just like... <laughs> Yeah, it's, so, I'm surprised like there's not more, you know, hamstrings snapped or calves pinged or anything like, like that. Even your, like your groin and that, like yeah. just with your, like your kicking. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're getting close to coming on the punt, just sort of when it gets to second down, that's sort of when you know, you know, you could be close. You, you start warming up in the net, you know, five or six kicks before you think you're going to go out there and... And then when you go out there to kick when it's, you know, in the minuses, you just swing and just hopefully everything stays together. You sort of some, like I've done a few kicks and the hamstring sort of starts to tingle and I'm like, shit, that was pretty close to just going just then. So. <laughs> do you ever get there at the start of the season when you're taking that first snap and think, geez, I hope I remember how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's when you go to training camp as well because you always, every, every year I've played over there, I can't remember, seven or eight years, but anyway, every year I've played training camp, I've always competed against two or three other kickers, like trying to trying to take my job or 
trying to win win the job sort of thing. So at the start of the first couple of days, it's you know you're a little bit shaky because you haven't caught a snap or you haven't kicked with a you know a punt rush coming at you. So it's the first couple of days you're like, holy shit, like not hitting them real well here, and <laughs> I've lost it. I don't know how to do it anymore. And oh, well, there goes my career. But then the good thing is you bounce back and. So far, I've beaten everyone out that I've kicked against, which is a nice little tick there I'll give myself. So, I mean, you've got a massive career to fall back on. We've just heard now that you've taken over the bus driving route <laughs> at Yak and Dander. Um, yeah, what, what's it, what is it like to go from so much intensity coming at you to then just having to do something like be thumper on the roller or <laughs> do not give that nickname for any traction at all, all right? We can ed- we're editing that one out. Yeah, talked about edits. I'm That's making gone. that the little teaser <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> to be thumper on the roller or just now like you've taken over like your parents have a, a bus company as well and now yep. you're a bus driver and kids I'm sure wouldn't respect you at, <laughs> for for what you've done? Do you just sort of roll yeah. on going, "Hey, Mr. Bartle, to you, I'm kind of a big deal overseas." Yeah, um, I'm pretty much. I'm big in Canada. <laughs> yeah. When they when they're playing up on the bus and like, "I'm Mr. Bartle," I've got the blue tick on Instagram and Twitter, and they're like, "What's Instagram?" I'm like, "Damn, I've never said that." But <laughs> that'd be a pretty big flex of idea. Yeah, I could never. They'd do be that. only on the TikTok now. Instagram's old news. Yeah, well, shit, I ain't got TikTok. I don't even know how to work it. So. <laughs> That, that raises an interesting question that what Mel's getting at. I didn't realise until probably a few weeks ago when I read a book by a Canadian author named Alan Doyle. He's a big folk musician from Newfoundland and he went to one of the Grey Cups and he got on the, the field by somehow. He just yeah. snuck on there and then ended up getting chased off by security. He was talking about there being 70,000 people there or something. It was yeah. crazy. I had no idea the scale of yeah. the sport there. Does it afford you, I guess, for lack of a better term, any level of celebrity there? Oh. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know that the NFL tends to lump punters and kick into a category known as special teams, which I think is a horrible name. Yeah. But, that's like, when you're walking it. around, like when you're in Saskatchewan, did people recognise you? Oh, it's not very often. Like, there was there was a couple of the diehard fans obviously knew. And as soon as, you know, I'd go somewhere and speak, then they're like, oh, you're an Aussie. Oh, it's not many Aussies in Saskatchewan. Oh, you're the punter. Yeah. So, but not as compared. I was lucky because it was a small pool and it was more the quarterbacks that, yeah, they couldn't sort of leave their house without getting hassled because they're a pretty big deal or the gun wide receiver, everyone would sort of know them. So, yeah, our specialists would sort of slip under the radar and, you know, it's we could sort of enjoy ourselves a little bit more than, say, a quarterback could at a bar and all so that. So how do you explain to people that maybe know you now why you're doing this half year, half year thing then? Like, how do you tell people about the sport when you're over there? Like, do you talk it up so they understand that it's a big deal or do you put a bit of, bit of sauce on it? Or? Well, in the first couple of years, I was like, yeah, yeah, professional athlete over there in Canada playing gridiron. They're like, what, what's gridiron? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you. Sit down, my friend. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's, I've got a pretty good group of mates around here and, back home that sort of keep me grounded so I can't really pump my own tyres too much without them ripping me down. So Pump them here on you so they can't get to you. <laughs> well, Elkie's already got to me, thumper, <laughs> hadn't he? <laughs> yeah, that Thanks. was through some back channels. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that maybe 
eventually, just given how big social media is now and particularly the NFL highlights, for example, are one of there's among the most shared things on the internet. Is there a growing awareness around the world for the CFL? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely taken off. Like I think is um we've always got a couple, you know, players from each team that get picked up from NFL teams as well at the end of the year. So like the CFL's no joke. It's I sort of compare it to you know, of AFL, obviously NFL, and um, CFL, you know, probably like VFL, or like, you know, a very close version. So, but then we have, we have a lot of ex-NFL players coming up to, to our teams in the CFL. So, you know, we had um, Vince Young was at, with us in Saskatchewan for training camp. He used to be an NFL quarterback there for 10 years, obviously a legend there in Texas. Yeah. Um, Trent Richardson, running back, he was a number one or number two overall draft pick to the Browns. So... It's um yeah the, the CFL is no joke. It's it's got a lot of respect up there as well, and you know the quality of players is is pretty impressive. Just on the back of like Josh's question before about your celebrity inverted commas, which I don't see you that way, but over there in the playing season, what would what would you say is the coolest thing that has come about? because of the game you're playing over there that doesn't necessarily have to have been involved with the game, but just a, an opportunity that has presented itself because you're in that world over there. Yeah, I think Apart from coming on this podcast. Yeah, right? well, I mean, you wouldn't be on here, honestly, if you didn't play CFL, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get so, me here for uh, me, me cricket one. days. <laughs> yeah. days. Oh, I think it's, it's more the opportunity to get out into communities, especially in Saskatchewan. It's a big prairies open land those like it's super flat and they have the saying there you can watch your dog run away for two days it's that flat like there's not a hill in sight <laughs> and you know it's the opportunity when you're playing for Saskatchewan is to get to out out there and like you know sort of two or three hour drive away to these little communities that you know I've never heard of not many people have heard of and you know sort of go there and just meet sort of 20 30 you know fans that they all know who you are and oh, I've never even heard of these people's town and you're sitting there, you're, you're doing you know, question and answers with them, signing autographs for them, getting photos and, you know, yeah, have a couple of beers with them as well. So that's that's um, definitely one of the, the perks that sort of come out of it. And I, I kind of enjoy that thing too. Like I like getting around there and speaking to, you know, the communities that I don't know much about them, they don't know much about me and, you know, it's a good chance I get to learn a bit about Australia and I get to learn a little bit the way how they live their life out in the middle of the prairies. Do you find that... You being an Australian and the Canadian people that you're meeting, are you somewhat, and you're from a mid-sized city yourself, being from around here, do you find you somewhat simpatico? Yeah. That you understand what yeah. it's like to be hundreds of kilometres from a major yeah. centre? Like, yeah, you sort of got to make your own sort of entertainment and that kind of thing. Is, um, you probably also realise, Josh, that that's probably the biggest moment of like meeting you and the other players. Even, you know, you might not. I hope it goes better for him. Yeah. <laughs> you can only go up. Yeah, but, but you, yeah. you obviously have to have, be somewhat mindful of how important those moments are yeah. to them as well. Yeah, and you don't want to be, because like some of the fans are, are pretty passionate and they like to get up and close in that. And you you sort of, you have to understand that as well. And, you know, so it's not every day you sort of get to meet a rider. Like, I don't want to toot us up or anything being a rider, but, you know, they they love us over there and, you know, you sort of got to respect that as well. You don't got to don't go around sort of acting like a dick either about it because it's a small town, and you know you got to respect them. And also, like, done a few hospital visits as well. Like in there in Saskatchewan, like it was every Friday before the game, we used to go through the hospital there and just you know meet people and 
yeah, sort of just taking a couple of hours of, out of your day just to hang out with them and, like I said, just tell a few stories and, you know, they always love asking you questions and everything like that too and always happy to answer them. I think that is a much more beautiful answer than what the expectation was from me. You expected something stupid out of me. Well, no, no, no. Well, like (laughs) in in your thought process, when you think of elite athletes and that you think of, um, you know, just left field stuff that they get to do. Not many that you would hear about is um, how fortunate you are to be able to give back. Yeah. Like when I asked you a question, you turned it back on the fact that you had the opportunity to sort of help and impress on others, which is a very lovely answer. (laughs) No, like I enjoy the free stuff that we get as well from being a rider. (laughs) Get a free Jeep for the season. Oh, there you go. That's that's second on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second on the list. And then there was a couple of times there we got um, me, Ellie, and a couple of other friends got the VIP to a big music concert there. It's called uh, Craven. And we got to go see Keith Urban up there and in the VIP section and got a limo that picked us up from Regina and drove us a couple of hours out to the middle of the paddock where this concert was. And, yeah, they're, they're the good perks, but... There you, you know. go. You've been media school well. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So say, part of say the, the, <laughs> yeah, say the conscientious stuff first. <laughs> part of this... Hey, you can edit this and make this part, super good, thanks. Part of this training that you received early on was like, you know... Make sure you sound like you have a level of humility and... And, uh, and then tell them about and, Keith Urban. <laughs> tell them about the free Getting hammered watching Keith did. Urban and <laughs> passing out the, t- the limo on the way home. Yeah, it's good. Did you ever worry that that's really the only reason that Ellie was with you? <laughs> Can I get to Keith Urban? Hey, he's, a, he's a delicious looking guy. I, I can't blame him. I'd, I'd send her. I don't know if you'd look that great with like that much hair sort of flowing around yeah. in the... In the wind at all? <laughs> How does someone sing in that sort of temperature? Well, I think it was more autumny. Yeah, okay. Or spring, whatever. Summer, autumn. No, what they call it, fall over there. Fall. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't freezing or anything like that, but it was so, good fun. So you you always plan on being back here though, forever, right? And what is it about this area, like of Aubrey Wodonga, that just makes you? want to stay oh just i don't know any better i think well actually i <laughs> well, do you do know better. i do know you better do. but you've just I been just, telling uh, us yeah. for yeah. 55 minutes that you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it, it helps that you know you go away and live in all these other cities and that it sort of makes you appreciate what you had home like growing up i had a big family i was like one of five and i had like 30 30 30 or 35 first cousins and growing up we were super close and when you sort of you sort of up and go over to Canada there for six months, you sort of start, you know, missing the family and all that kind of thing. And also being heavily involved in the community out at Kiwa and in at Wodonga and that it's you know, it's I've got no reason to to want to go anywhere else. It's as soon as our season's done in Canada, I'm I always book the first flight out of Regina to get home because I just can't wait to get back home and see the family and see the friends and now I've gotten plenty of nieces and nephews running around and just, you know, my little son Hugo is one year old and I can't think of a better place for him to grow up and I can't wait to watch them all grow up and run around Keylor and run amok and hopefully don't get in too much trouble. Teach them how to punt. Teach them how to punt. Well, they just, they just started to get into all the, the cricket at the moment, playing under 12s. Like, they're pretty young. Like, I think Blair and oh, Arch and all of them are the only sort of eight. And, 
ever. Yeah, it's so good watching the next, um, you know, family generation come through the sporting club. It's it's pretty exciting, and I don't, know, I don't think I've ever said that before, but just to watch them go through and play for Keor and. So can we just finish up, Josh? I just want to ask one question. When you've come back to play local cricket and also football, I'm assuming if you happen to, you know, ever get to run around doing that again, how technical a game is gridiron to take from not knowing it all to putting it all in your head when you're already on the team? Yeah, it was because you just made that sound like you don't. When you got there, you really didn't understand nah, what's an incredibly complex I didn't. sport. I learned, I learned most of it from just watching, watching it on TV. But still, it took me probably five or six years to sort of get everything down pat. And I remember the first couple of years, you know, they'd arrested flow of, throw a flag, and I'd be like, "What? Yeah, what they just throw that flag for?" And, <laughs> yeah. like, he was, and then me kicker would look around because we often spend time together on the sidelines, and he's like. They were offside, mate. And I was like, what's offside? <laughs> He's like, you shit me, mate. <laughs> He's like, how the hell are you still on this team? You don't know any of the you rules. You don't have to do one thing well. Yeah. yeah. So they just, they just goes, yeah, you're lucky you know how to kick because that's, you, that's all you're good at. Yeah, there's just so many rules that you have to know in the NFL. And especially when you've got like three different teams within a team, like you've got your offense, defense, and special teams. It's, yeah, there's always a fair bit going on. And it's all it's, so it's always good watching on TV because the commentators do such a good job of explaining what's happening and the rules and why this penalty was all that. And Whereas if I sit down and try to show my Canadian fellas an AFL game, I'll just start trying to explain. It's an absolute it's, – it's a lot harder than you think trying to explain how AFL works. So the best way is just saying it's organised chaos. Yeah, <laughs> not even that Kind of like our podcast. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Appreciate you coming in today and um, Anytime. spending a little bit of time with us. We might like to get you back on in the future if you get to go back over and get another season in after get you get rid of the Milk cor- another one. corona rig out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they, oh, just quickly on that, do they? Do you have to get the skin fold tests and everything over there or they sort of encourage a little bit of rona rig to, for nah, well, insulation? Yeah. <laughs> I just say I'm getting ready for the winter. Yeah, okay. So, but it's, no, nah, they sort of don't really care. Like, obviously they know if you come back in shape or not, but the good thing about gridiron is if, you're doing your job, you're playing your role well, then you got nothing to worry about. Like we sort of you know, people sort of enjoy themselves during the week. They rock up the practice, like still pretty hungover, still drunk and yeah. they they go out there and get the job done. But you know, if you sort of you're not doing your job then that's when you get cut. But yeah, yeah the Grim Reaper. Yeah, that comes <coughs> that old Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper comes around. He's a scary man. Uh, now, just for everyone at home listening, you're in on a Saturday morning because you've got to go and play cricket today yes. for Key War. Are you guys going to get in the finals, the grand final this year? Well, geez, I hope so. Like we're sort of splittering, splattering, spattering. We're not doing that well at the moment. We're not right. playing consistent cricket. Like we've. I believe we've got a very good team together and I think we can go back to back, but we've got to get a little bit more consistent. But I like to think we can win every week that we step out on the field. So we've got Baron Duda today at Baron Duda and they're a pretty decent team. So so we'll know the results of that by the time this podcast goes there. So yeah, we'll know hopefully I've actually... got a lot of runs towards me, you know, because at the moment the only runs I've had is from Gastro. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect pre-season tool to shred you. The one yeah. thing I want to know, the question I always ask my housemate, who's uh, he's, um, Lavington's captain of 
seconds. What is a seconds over there? B grade. B grade, that's it. I'm not really a cricket aficionado, but I always go to him, can I check the My Cricket app today? And if it's a yes, then I know that the day's gone all right. (laughs) So if anyone wants to check out how Josh Bardell goes in um, in Keywall Cricket, get on the My Cricket app and and follow that. Keywall Cricket Club, yeah. Generally, sometimes I've been batting lately and I'll get the text through from Elle. She's like, oh, you're out already, are you? <laughs> so she's all over the My Cricket app. And so where can people find you online, Josh, if they want to yeah. follow along when you, hopefully, if you, blue tick you go back overseas <laughs> yeah. and may, hopefully yeah. win a few games of cricket before yeah. that happens? Blue tick gives you absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, jump on. I don't, know, I don't want to plug myself. I don't know. Do it. Josh underscore Bartel, I think it is. Josh, I'll link it up in the show notes yeah, for today. Yeah. Yeah. Because Edit that one out. I'm not plugging myself. No, well, we're plugging you. You don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only reason we got you on so that we can write on you. And also, tick. oh, you want me to repost it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> also, we're going to jump on your blue ticks. <laughs> this is a strategy yeah, we, on my behalf. Yeah, we only go for people with blue ticks. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people when I was in Canada slide into me DMs and Instagram trying to buy my blue tick, my account oh. for like five or ten grand. Really? Have you ever been so short of a dollar at that moment oh. where you're like, oh, there's, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's tempting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, if I, if some other person jumps up on my account, you know, I've sold it. Right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Josh. It's been a real pleasure. Nah, Fantastic meeting you. Had an absolute ball, guy. Thank you. Thanks. Love it. Laters. What do you reckon? I know I say this all the time and it's probably getting a little redundant, but that was one of my favourites. Yeah. He was just so chilled and a warm personality. He's a nice guy. And he came in without any barrier up, which doesn't happen with everybody. True. He he was was just open to talk about anything. He was cash straight away, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to see. That that couch is huge. And I remember when we got the couches, like if mm-hmm. someone's even asked me recently, it might have been Tyson in a previous episode, yeah. why are the couches so big? Yeah. I'm like, well, I want to be able to accommodate everyone everyone of every size, including athletes. Mm-hmm. And he was way bigger in person than I expected. Was he? Because I'd only looked on his Instagram and he's surrounded by these even bigger people. Yeah. It's hard to know that when he's a standalone human, just how naturally Massive he was going to be. Did Was the Johnny Bravo reference right? Correct. Yeah. It looked like Johnny Bravo if he'd been on summer break. <laughs> Just with like corona, a slight- yeah. Corona rig yeah, that he was corona trying- rig. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice guy. So you want to know about my brain tweaks? Yep. As soon as he started talking about Keith Urban- after talking about frozen eyeballs, yeah, I was just like, "What happens to people's hair over there when it gets really cold? If you've got long hair, does it snap off? <laughs> like, would it snap off?" I can't remember if it came up afterwards or not. What happens if your hair gets? You're talking about if your hair's wet. If your hair, like, like, or if you, what if you've got gel in there or something? If it's that minus degrees that you walk out into the elements and your eyeballs can freeze over. Like, what does that do to your hair in that if you're in a situation where it might, you might walk out with slightly damp hair and like just, would it just crunch up and then just snap I have, off? I would imagine so. Because I actually was sitting there when he was talking, you know, how I get distracted with my own brain. And I was thinking, yeah, he's got short hair, so he'd be fine with that. But then when he was talking about Keith Urban, I was like, oh, what would have happened to Keith? That, that would have been a great Keith Urban story. That would, have made, that would have made the news here in Australia. 
It would have. Our biggest country music export hair snaps off in Canada. That's true. I'm gonna I might have to ask him about that post if it's a if it's a thing or that. It blows my mind because I to be honest, I knew he played but I didn't know too much about CFL and the fact that they play in that cold. Yeah. Because I, I Googled weather. it beforehand because I knew I brought up with you that I think Canada is such a creative mecca mm-hmm. and even the coldest parts of America are the same, New York and Boston and the places like that because people have to face the most extreme elements mm-hmm. and do something positive while maybe the world is trying to bear down on them. And, yeah, I, it's just so fascinating to me that they have to anything they choose to do is going to be impacted by whether that human beings aren't built for. Well, do you know what? I said the same thing about London after I'd lived over there. I was like, no wonder they've got so much art. It's so depressing over there. <laughs> just need to channel yeah. all that But negative. there is a certain positivity that comes out of misery. And you, we were talking about uh, it might have been the Saskatchewan home team and it was one of the colder places that he played being some of the most obsessed Fans that they had because mm-hmm. they've got nothing else. And to side note, to. you just slipped in a little London reference. We've still never talked about how you live there. We'll we'll oh, we'll yeah. table that for a future yeah. punchy sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few stories about overseas, but we won't worry about that because what I'm keen is if he gets a call up this year, if it all goes ahead, I might actually start watching. So oh, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. And I, did I mention in the interview that? It came at a weird time for me because I just read about the Grey Cup in a book by my favourite non-fiction author. No, you didn't. You didn't mention it in the interview. You mentioned it afterwards that, and he was like, oh, yeah, I don't read books. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, that's... I get that from 99% of I people. I don't read so. as many books as you either. I've still got my book at home, which is Women with Attention Def- Deficit Disorder that, I'm not surprised. <laughs> that I've had for five years. I've still not had the attention to pick yeah. up and read. So There's nothing to be proud of reading a lot. There are people on the internet that are like, oh, I read hundreds of books a year. I'm the greatest person ever. Those people are douchebags. No. Nah. They'll look at each to their own. But what I will say, one of the coolest things I think about talking to Josh was he could reference all these massive stories about CFL, but he's also just rocked back here and he's doing earth moving and driving a bus yeah, and just not affected by <laughs> any of the stuff that he's done overseas. When I asked him about what that transitional period's like, he's such a low-key, low-energy guy that I don't think it even occurred to him that Maybe there is a period. Yeah. And he did have, like he said, that sometimes it takes a little bit to get used to. I mean, it's a change of environment and a change of, I guess, your family's here and they're not over there, but also that you are right, he's coming back here and you could walk past him on the street and besides thinking, oh, that guy's bigger than average, you wouldn't be also thinking, oh, that's the guy that plays football in America, <laughs> or sorry, in Canada. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call him low energy. I'm just call him very chill. Sorry, did I say low energy or yeah, low key? Low key, is low key and low energy. You said, but I wouldn't call him low energy at all. I'm just yeah. call him very chill. Like yeah. he's just not chillant about everything that's going on. Yeah, and I like it. And I now feel bad about judging him <laughs> for not as much banana eating and stretching after football. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's good. And to answer your question, I'll definitely be getting on board if he's on a team. Yeah. Just to cover off for people who are wondering, well, Josh, what is this story you're about to tell? I was reading a book by Alan Doyle, who's from an island off Canada called Newfoundland, and he talked about this amazing story at the Grey Cup. Okay. And I finished that book, and literally two or three days later, you said, oh, do you know Josh Bartell in a message? Like, no, I do not. And you're like, well, he plays football in Canada. And I just, I really honestly didn't even think it existed. Yeah. Like, I knew it did, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, well, he's a real person. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians are real people too. Yeah. And they've got their own things going on. Yeah. And uh, apart from maple syrup, they play a bit of CFL. <laughs> Very good. So we can't accept maple syrup from our audience, but we can accept coffees. Yeah. I would love a coffee, please. If you want to go to buy me a coffee on our little Punching Sideways website. PunchingSideways.com. Yeah, that's it. People know what that is. Or do I have to preface Well, no, I just it? want you to know what oh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't maintain- Because if you, if you don't, they probably I definitely don't. I don't maintain to know any facts around here, Josh. Yeah, well, I've, I've worked that out. <laughs> I'll just fly by the seat of my pants. But if you would like to- buy us a coffee and maybe keep this little project of ours ticking along. That would be great. But even just the little comments or inside messages into our DMs is also helpful to keep us ticking yeah, along. I mean, the dollars are cool, but the comments really, yeah. they're the best. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly best. a DM. When people take the time to write a message about something, it's pretty awesome. That's nice. And uh, Josh has some blue ticks to his name. So surely a blue tick is worth a coffee in our pocket. I think so. <laughs> this episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.